Hey guys, on the podcast today we have Bettina Temesis, and on Thursday we're going to have Donnie Sangstack. Alright, cue the music. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. This is a podcast about the life of you and me, hosted by Christian Escoto. Hey guys, welcome to the Life of You and Me podcast. My name is Christian Escoto. I hope you have a good Monday. I just want to, I just want to give uh, condolences uh, in light of past few days to anyone who knew anyone or had family members in Paris or uh, the other tragedies around the world. I hope. Um, uh, you keep them in your thoughts as well as I will keep them in my thoughts throughout the week. I mean, it's just, it's just, it takes time to process what's happening, you know, around, you know, uh, why do these, these things that we, we grown accustomed to, they, why do they keep happening? you know, around the world. I mean, you know, you always think that the world is going to progress and stuff like this is bound to happen. But you just got to take a moment and just process everything. And, you know, I mean, just the account for the evil in the world. And it's just shocking, guys. Like, I... I I have I have no idea how to really um think about it but um what I can do right now is think of the people and think of their families and uh just have these places in your heart just have them in mind and just keep on living life I think that's the main message out of all these events, just even if these things happen, just keep living life because life is just going to go on even if these things happen. Uh, on the podcast today, we have uh, Bettina Tamesis. Uh We've sort of known each other through the Philippine Cultural Society, and uh, she is actually... Um, one of the leaders of the Hawaiian Society, so we'll be talking about that. And um, overall, it's a pretty good conversation. So hopefully you'll stick in and listen to the conversation that happens right now. All right, enjoy it. Been good. Like, over time and now? Like... Because it's senior year and yeah, you're just... and also I'm graduating early, so like I'm just oh. applying to jobs and stuff, and also like wow. trying not trying to actually care about my classes still, because <laughs> like it's so hard, because it's like oh god, I've been here for like three years, I don't really care about this anymore, yeah, but I have to actually care, so I was like oh. So this is the first time you're caring. Well, okay. <laughs> well, first time was freshman year, and okay. then like sophomore <laughs> junior year, just like well, whatever, and now I was like oh, oh. <laughs> like, right, I actually have to have a good GPA, but yeah, yeah, I mean because of freshman, you don't know like what's gonna happen so that is so understandable because like i spent like so much time overthinking 
it through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this freshman year is just basically overthinking. Like, because, like, you go to class and um, you have this expectation of some things. And then when you go to the library, you ex- like, I'm going to study for until 2 o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Which, the tendency is, like, you get tired and everything. But, like... When when did you like feel like oh, you know I got the hang of it or have you ever gotten the hang oh, of it? That's the real question. <laughs> like, oh, do I actually know what I'm doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, ever. me neither. Oh, I mean, honestly, I feel like this semester is the first time I ever felt like I had like a complete handle on things. Mm-hmm. Like, like have an idea on how I'm supposed to do things. So, like, for the past three years, I've basically just been like winging it. Like, oh, I feel like studying. Yeah. Oh, I don't feel like studying. <laughs> oh, I like this class, so I'm gonna pay attention. Oh, I don't like this class. Like, right. Like, like yeah. It's, I mean, it's whatever. Like, whatever comes in your way, you're just going to be like, eh, you know. You know, I've been through worse. Yeah, yeah. That's always a good mentality to have. Because, like, it just tells yourself, even if you did, like, it's not true, like, this is the worst ever, it still tells your mind, like, you know, you know there are some opportunities that could have been worse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. You're, you're pushing on. And so what made you decide to graduate early then? Um, to be completely honest, just money. Like, like <laughs> another semester is like another $30,000 yeah. loan. So it's like, mm, I don't I don't have that. So <laughs> I'm just going to graduate, yeah. And what did you prepare to like just have that, you know, in mind? Did you take like summer classes and stuff like that? I mean, I had a lot of AP credits. And honestly, I just took more classes than I needed to sophomore year. Like, there was one semester that I took 19 classes, 19 credits, just because I was like, oh, I want to get all my requirements out of the way, and yeah, I did that, so. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Man, I I took 19 credits, but, like, I took classes, like, I actually liked. It wasn't, like, I had to do them. Mm -hmm. Like, I took film theory. Oh, that's cool. Which is, which was a (coughs) complete joy, but I had, like, I kind of regret it now, because I could have used that you know, as sort of, like, a thing where I could get the requirement going. Oh, okay. Right? But, like, you were smart, and you were like, (laughs) I need to get this now. I have a plan. (laughs) I have things to do, so I'm just (laughs) going to get this out of the way. (coughs) I mean, I'm I'm really glad I did that, Mm because, like, I mean, for the most part, I used my requirements to take classes that I wanted to take. Right. Like, for the humanities requirement, I took, like, Japanese literature and translation and, like, other stuff like that, like, freshman and sophomore year. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I think I tried to do a little bit of, like, take what I wanted to take about the same time, like, let's just get this out of the way, sort of thing. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, you are you planning to stay here in D.C. or go back to Connecticut? Um, I would like to stay here. Like, I'm applying to jobs here, but, mm-hmm. like, if I can't find anything, I'd go back to Connecticut. Because, like, yeah. the place I worked at over the summer said, oh, you can come back and we'll, we'll pay you this time. And I'll be like, oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to get paid. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a paid internship is always the best, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, why would you do something for free Yeah. with, like, a, a promise of a job? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Like, possibly. <laughs> I know. Like, time, your time is important. You might right. get paid for it. Yeah. It's like rushing a frat that, like, doesn't... It's not necessarily you're going to become a brother. Yeah, yeah. It's like, eh, it's up in the air, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, um, so you sp- um, you're from Connecticut, right? Were you born and raised there? Um, I was born in California until okay. I was eight, and then I moved to Connecticut. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So half your time... More, more like quarter of your time yeah, in, like, I California mm-hmm. and, and then, then Connecticut. Connecticut. 
wow that's like a total shift in like weather and like different. geography yeah and just people in general like the biggest difference was that like in california like mm -hmm. i felt like i wasn't really aware that i was like asian or was or that i was filipino i was just like oh you know a kid kicking rocks around and stuff <laughs> and then when i came to connecticut literally like everyone is white and i was the only asian girl in like my wow. whole school so it was like it was just a very stark difference Jeez. you know yeah and, and so um did you did you have like a little community yeah, I mean, we moved to Connecticut mainly because, like, my mom's sisters were in the Northeast, so we moved to be with them, kind of-ish. Uh -huh. And so, like, basically my closest friends were, like, my cousins and stuff, and, like, Filipino people, so yeah. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. So, like, um, okay, so you are coming from Connecticut, and so why'd you choose George Washington in the first place? Because I wanted to leave Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only requirement for my college application process was that it wasn't in Connecticut and I, I kind of regret that now because UConn is actually a decent school and it's like a lot cheaper but at the same time I kind of don't because yeah and I you really get hate Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> you hate Connecticut yeah because it's cold and there's nothing going on oh. and yeah there's a bunch of uppity waspy white people it's just uppity was waspy yeah, white, white people that's how I would describe Connecticut <laughs> but anyway no offense to anyone who likes Connecticut or lives in Connecticut. I have people, friends in Connecticut. People are listening. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> Connecticut pride. <laughs> How is that a thing, Connecticut pride? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. What are you? What exactly are you proud of? Well, yeah. there's good ice cream. There's Yale. There's Yale. <laughs> I mean, there's, okay, there's good schools kind of-ish. Mm -hmm. Not that there aren't better schools in other places, but yeah. What's it called? Have you ever heard of the Whalers? The Whalers? No. No, it's like, it's a hockey team that used to be in Hartford, but then they moved somewhere else. But people in Connecticut still, like, wear Whalers gear because they're like, oh, it's our team. And I'm like, it's not, it do, it's not a thing anymore. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah. So, like, um, okay, so you were, you know, in high school, you were, like, the only Filipino, yeah. you would say? Yeah, like, for at least two or three years, I was the only one, and then when I graduated from middle school, like, there were some other little Filipino kids, like, in the your, uh, lower grades, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But for the majority, like, you were, like, the main honcho. Like, uh, <laughs> the head of Asians. <laughs> the head of Asians. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. It was, it was really weird because, I mean, I wouldn't say that I faced a lot of, like, direct racism, but there was definitely a lot of, like, stereotypes and misconceptions that I didn't like dealing with and I felt like because of that I couldn't really be close friends with a lot of people oh, in middle school. Yeah, because it just like I just felt too different. Oh gosh. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> you feel like you had a superpower and you're like, you're not like me. <laughs> you're not like me. I mean, yeah, kind of. And like I also felt like, what's it called? I did really well in school. In mm -hmm. middle school, <laughs> I peaked in middle school. <laughs> like, that's not even a joke. That's kind of real. But anyway, like, I didn't well in school, middle school, uh -huh. and like I felt like I, I had to do well because that was like my identity amongst my friends. Like, oh, that's she's true. the smart one. Blah, blah blah. And I'm and like at the time I didn't feel it, but now looking back, it was definitely partially because I was like the only Asian girl in my class. But yeah, because they let you answer the questions yeah. before everyone. Yeah, like they all thought I was good at math, and actually other people were better at math. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, oh, Bettina did so well in math. I'm like, I hate math. Okay. Like, oh, if they only know. If they only knew. Oh and now it's even worse. I pull out my phone to do every, any sort of calculation, like, 
two plus three like oh it's five but i have to double check (laughs) you know yeah same here like i (laughs) the other day i was like all right so you were born nineteen thousand three hundred. Nineteen thousand. Okay. <laughs> no, nineteen hundred. No, nineteen. Wait. Mm, nineteen. Nineteen thousand. Yeah, like I, I mistook like nineteen, like eighty-seven oh, yeah. to nineteen thousand eighty-five. <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> wow. So I mean, like I definitely, um, and I definitely had that thing where it's just like everyone thought it was like you know good at math Mm -hmm. because you know asian stereotypes are pretty cool in middle school yeah it's like the thing yeah it's like hot topic and asian stereotypes (laughs) yeah (laughs) those were the two main things in high school or middle school but like you know like ninth grade it definitely subsided and everything Mm -hmm. but and then you know uh, junior year senior year you finally find your niche of friends and are you still sort of, like, connected to, like, any of your high school friends? Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually went to an all-girls boarding school for high school. So, mm-hmm. And it was, like, a very small school, too. So, like, you can't not be, like, close to people, you know? You're just right. around them all the time. Like, around the same, like, five people all the time. <laughs> so, like, I'm li- I'm still really close friends with, like, my cohort in- from high school. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, it's like when you go back to Connecticut, like, you see... Like the thing is, none of my friends were actually from Connecticut, even though. Oh, we that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've so, I've heard um, that there are a lot of boarding schools in Connecticut. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are a lot of boarding and day schools in Connecticut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people just from all around, like Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. Like in the Northeast in general, there's like a big like boarding school, prep school culture because like you know they're really old schools from like the 1800s and like it's just mm-hmm. you know they have like a history and a reputation and things like that. Right. And, like, um, when I went to high school, I felt like there was a lot more diversity and, like, there was a lot of people coming in from different places. Like, I had roommates from, like, the Bronx and also um, from the Bay Area in California, and just I got to know a lot of different people. Oh, okay. But then, like, as I was graduating, like, across, um, after, like, four years, I felt like the school became more and more, like, day students, like, people from the area. And, like, it just became a lot more homogenized and not, like, you know, diverse like it was before. But, yeah. Right. Like, you could say, back in my day, we yeah. had, like, a lot. We had so many Chinese people. <laughs> and now. <laughs> guys never know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, there were also a lot of international students, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Right, right. And so you, you're like, you know, I got to get the fuck out of here. And then you just went yeah. to D.C. Yeah, <laughs> I came to D.C. <laughs> yes, basically, yeah. And so what did you, what was, like... The, because like I know you're a part of um, several clubs, and when I mean several, like about what three? Or yeah, four? yeah, three or four. Uh, this yeah. and there, you know, <laughs> yeah, come around, in and yeah, out. yeah. And uh, I guess the sort of maybe the pinnacle is like Hawaiian club and your sorority yeah. up there, and the PCS is just tiny. Oh, oh it's so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, actually, I don't know. Freshman year, I was very what's it called? I was kind of, like, scared mm-hmm. to, like, be really involved in clubs because I, like... Because especially PCS, like, everyone seemed so close. Everyone was so cool. And I was like, oh, I'm not cool, though. I can't... Be, I'm Filipino, but I can't be in PCS because I'm not a cool Filipino. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. So, like, that's why freshman year I didn't get involved in PCS or anything like mm-hmm. that. And sophomore year, <clears throat> I was kind of just, like, chilling with my group of friends. And then, like, I, I was involved in Hawaii Club because I had done luau. 
because uh, my friend Marissa was my freshman year roommate, and her family's wow. from Hawaii, so, like, she kind of just, like, drew me into Hawaii club, and mm. I did luau, and, like, yeah, I, yeah, and then I joined Sigma, and then, I don't know, things just got progressively more... What's what's the word? More multicultural. Oh, there. You got yeah. really ethnic. Yeah, I just got real ethnic. <laughs> I used to have white friends, and now we're no, I'm just <laughs> that's, that's not true. I, I still have white friends. That's still a thing. Yeah. Like on on your phone, you know those like timeline like videos where it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like oh look, there's white people, and then yeah, progressively all brown people. They just like there's no you, like that you see their skin just get darker and darker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here's my timeline. But, like, <laughs> but um, so with uh, the Hawaiian Club, you were sort of on their e-board? Or? Well, I didn't get involved on the e-board until junior year. Okay. When basically Marissa was like, yo, we need people on e-board. And just like <laughs> plopped me into it. I was like, oh, hello, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, I didn't think I'd ever be president, but it just kind of happened. It just happened. Even though I've never been to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel bad because I feel like I'm deceiving people. Mm. Like, they, like, they, like see, I'm like a tan Asian person. So they're like, oh, and you're president of Hawaii Club. You must yeah. be from Hawaii. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, Hawaii. Lilo. Like, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm not from Hawaii. I'm sorry to have I, ne- you. I need to step down. <laughs> I know. I need to step down. But I mean, I mean, I kind of am next semester, where someone who's actually from Hawaii is going to be president. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, the charade is over. The charade, yes. the facade <laughs> the is that over. I have presented yeah. is no more. Yes. <laughs> Where's your birth certificate? Everyone's asking for a birth certificate. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't want it to be one of those elections. <laughs> but, yeah. but so um, with with the Hawaiian Club, the, the sort of like the best thing about are the luau's yeah yeah Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that's those are like the big events where everyone just comes out and Mm -hmm. you know the people who haven't been to hawaii just like it's like oh it's hawaii it's hawaii marvin center (laughs) (laughs) and so um what do you guys do to like prepare for that um mainly what's it called i haven't been luau coordinator but marissa has and like Last semester when she was a little coordinator, she was just, like, crazy because there's, like, catering to think of. There's inviting um, a bunch of different people from, like, the Hawaiian State Society and just mm-hmm. exploring our network and then, like, contacting Georgetown University's Hawaii Club and American University's Hawaii Club and then coordinating luau practices. Like, the biggest thing is, like, determining what dances, hula dances we're going to do right. each year. Because, like, there's two styles of hula. Well, there's not two styles of hula, but the two styles we focus on are, like, Kahiko, which is like traditional hula, which is like um, the hula that's closest to what the ancient Hawaiians actually did. And then Awana, which is like kind of evolving from like the kitschy stuff from like the 1950s, but it's like been sort of um, re-legitimized by people who's, who are from Hawaii. Mm. And so we kind of choose dances within those styles and within the theme we choose for every year. Yeah, And that's sort of like the American colonization sort of like mixed in with like the tradition of luau's did they did they make it more like commercialized in a way i mean i think like i think definitely because like Mm -hmm. you know i'm sure anyone's been to like oh a luau party where they all wear lays and like they all wear grass skirts it's like oh yeah this is hawaii but like that's not actually what hawaiian culture is like and that's not actually what hawaii is like you know so like i feel like what we try to do with luau is try to make it as legitimate as possible 
what, and try to teach people as much as possible what um, real Hawaiian and Polynesian culture looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, and I could say this for like uh, Filipino stuff. Like, there yeah. are some like, like homogenized <coughs> like things where uh, there is like American culture, like uh, Tinikling, where you do hip hop, and it's like, all right, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, a crazy <laughs> thing! Like a few years ago, I was like just surfing around the internet and I mm-hmm. found that like some public schools like public middle school elementary schools like did tinnacling in their like gym classes but they didn't even call it tinnacling I, I forgot what they called it <laughs> but like they took two sticks and like did every did this, all the things and it's like you diminished a cultural dance into like a gym exercise you know what I mean it's like what are you doing <laughs> like why would you do that this <laughs> like, oh wasn't yours to do that too you know what I mean wow. yeah yeah like if I find it I'll like send it to you but yeah it was it was crazy I was just like yeah this is this insane yeah like I mean like I, I can understand like rumba or like like Cuban dancing well mm. if you call it like what it is yeah then that's okay but mm. if it's just like eh, let's play the stick exercise yeah no actually it's like oh let's play around with some sticks ha 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 like that that's not what they wrote but like yeah I mean they had just like turned into like a little exercise for physical fitness and I'm like yeah yeah tinnacling is very physically exerting like I when I did last year i was just like oh man i have calf muscles now <laughs> but like you know it's that's not like the point and right. like, they didn't make it a point to um teach kids about the cultural aspect of it you know so that's yeah. like the problem i had with it right yeah like, i mean i can i can't just i can't imagine like being graded on like <laughs> step work <laughs> yeah. you failed gym because you didn't step right on the tenant clip you missed like three steps <laughs> you missed three steps oh my gosh so you get a D on your stick exercise. <laughs> yeah. But it, that would be crazy if they did, like, um, you know, hula dancing as, like, a, like a gym exercise. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, actually, over the summer, my, my grandma, my Lola, had, like, her 80th birthday. And they are mm-hmm. like, oh, let's make it a, a Hawaiian-themed birthday. And I'm like, oh, I feel so <laughs> conflicted right now. But they're like, oh, can you teach a dance? I'm like, yes, I can. Yes. <laughs> So I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, and like I was teaching my cousins and they were all like, oh, can we do, you know, the song from Lilo and Stitch? I'm like, no, (laughs) I mean, to be fair, we did do what's it called? Not Hawaiian roller coaster ride, but Mm -hmm. I forgot. I forgot what the actual Hawaiian song is like that's featured in Lilo and Stitch. But like it was an actual like hula with like the actual hula moves, but they wanted to do like a contemporary dance. And I'm just like, this is not hula. (laughs) Like you guys, you got to please listen to me. (laughs) but yeah it was like the Melikaliki Maka of like songs yeah (laughs) yeah and then like what's it called and then without me knowing it like my two younger cousins like found this dance like that combined hula moves and like what's it called just contemporary hip-hop moves and like kind of just practice it on their own and they're like we didn't Mm -hmm. want to tell you because you knew you would get mad I'm just like (laughs) okay (laughs) I'm a Hawaiian purist (laughs) Are you from Hawaii? No, <laughs> no. but <laughs> <laughs> but I know a lot of people from Hawaii, and that's, then all, like, that's all you need yeah. to have that basic understanding of a certain culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with with PCS, most of the people aren't even born in the Philippines. Yeah. They some of them are Filipino of you know origin, but they've never been to the Philippines mm-hmm. because you know their parents like you know that's why I moved. Why do I why did I yeah. go back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for a reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But speaking about the Philippines, you went oh, to the Philippines over the summer. Yeah. And I know this because, like, I was there, too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think, I think you, because I saw on Facebook, like, you mm-hmm. left Ninoy, like, the time I came back from Coron oh, or something like mm-hmm. that. And, like, that was, like, my birthday, too. Oh. And I was, like, I spent my birthday in, like, Ninoy eating, like, a bur- like Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be American in the Philippines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, so how was that experience? Like, where did you go? Well, um, I went back. It's actually the second time I'd been back, like, while I've been in college. Because, like, mm-hmm. the first time was, like, the summer after freshman year and then you know last summer right. and like i mostly go back to visit my grandparents and my dad's side of the family because they're all mostly in like manila so i meant spend i spent like about a month there and most of it was spent in like metro manila like in traffic <laughs> breathing in smog you know <laughs> like yeah and yeah i like going back because i, d- I don't see that side of the family cause obviously because right. they're like in the philippines and like in a lot of ways my mom's side of the family which is mostly here in the states has moved away from being Filipino. Like when I was younger, like they used to serve Filipino food all the time and they used to speak together each other in Tagalog. They used to speak to me in Tagalog. And like now it's definitely a lot more what's it called? I don't want to say whitewash, but whitewashed, you know? Like mm. Thanksgiving we don't eat Filipino food. We like make a turkey and like last last Thanksgiving we had a Mediterranean themed Thanksgiving, which I'm, I'm like I don't even understand. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I mean it was good because like everyone in my family can cook, but like it was just like okay. Right, <laughs> I don't really know right. what's going on. But yeah. So like going back to the Philippines in a lot of ways, like kind of reminded me what being Filipino was about and like what mm-hmm. Filipino culture is about. And like, um, so I, when I went to college, I was I went to be pre med, and like I took pre med classes, and I suffered and all that. And then when I went to the Philippines, like my parents have been co- talking to me to, for a long time about possibly going to med school in the Philippines because they're like one, it's cheaper, and two, you'd be closer to your grandparents and mm-hmm. everything like that. And like so, the past that month I spent in the Philippines really, I don't know, it kind of made me more comfortable with the idea of going to med school there. Wow. Yeah. Like you could go to like UST. Or like LaSalle. Yeah, yeah, I could. And um, what's it called? A lot of my aunts went to. Oh my goodness. Oh God. It's been a long time. Oh, University. Uh, um, University of the East, like Ramon McSaysay, like oh, that. University yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My cousin goes there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So and she's studying dentistry actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know if it's the University. Of the Maybe. I don't I don't <laughs> yeah. see I'm blanking too. Like I remember these names vividly when it was there. Yeah. And then when he came back and you're just like, Oh, there's Wi Fi. Actually like, Oh my goodness, no. consistent Wi Fi. So great. <laughs> like, actually though. Oh gosh. But like, um like uh like when I went to you know, bomb with my cousins, like we just played Minecraft the entire yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, Minecraft and my cousins really love Five Nights at Freddy's or whatever. Oh, we just watch yeah. playthrough videos. They're like, oh, but they're like eight years old. So right, I'm like, is right. this appropriate? Whatever. Like, whatever. I'm yeah. not the judge. Of that. Yeah. And then and then basketball is like a real th- uh, important thing oh, yeah. to bond mm-hmm. with your cousins and like and uh, you know they they have like um, their video games and then just like uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm right here. Do you want to go to the mall? It's like, no, I just want to no. play video games. I, know. I mean, oh, malls in the Philippines though are like 
a trip. Oh, They're like gigantic, gosh. and they have literally everything. You probably you went to Mall of Asia. Like, oh yeah. Oh, actually, that's the one mall I didn't go to in Manila. Really? Like of all the malls in Manila, I didn't go to that one. Oh. But yeah, the gi- most gigantic. The most gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to that. Yeah. I was like. No, too mainstream it. for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did you go to, like, I just go to shop at Schumacher. Right yeah. <laughs> the original SM. The original SM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, how long did you stay in the Philippines? Uh, for a, a month, like a solid yeah. month. That's yeah. usually the case because that's, I, I believe that's when uh, the visa, you know, sort of for tourism you know, ends. Yeah, yeah. And you want to stay as long as possible because exactly. it's like an 18 hour plane ride. So, yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I did. I went, saw my relatives and everything. And, you know, that was great. But, like, the traffic, oh my gosh. Oh my uh, God. Geez. I was in traffic. Like, we were going from my grandparents' house to the mall, and I was, I think it's like a 20 mile distance, not even, mm-hmm. but I was in the car for like three hours, like just starting <laughs> yeah. and stopping, starting exactly. and stopping. I'm just like, I'm going to puke over all over <laughs> everyone here. Like, this is not a pleasant experience for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt bad because my grandparents were in the car too, so obviously they were suffering, but I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> like, I cannot, I must leave. I'm going to walk home. <laughs> and the thing is, the way they maneuver. It's yeah. ridiculous mm-hmm. because, um, I mean, like, for them it's not, but, like, for, for us, when you see, like, D.C. traffic, yeah. like, even at, like, the farthest distance is so close. Mm-hmm. But for them, this is okay. It's, yeah, this, this is, is fine. Thing. Like, being right up another person's butt is fine. <laughs> like, just just touch a little bit. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. But I did see one accident, though. Mm-hmm. I did see one, and, like, the, the everyone was just speeding, like past yeah. them as and they're like right right here mm-hmm. and they're just like just like <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> and, and the person doesn't flinch they're just like oh my car <laughs> <laughs> oh god sucks yeah but did you did you go outside <coughs> out of uh, manila or you just stayed in manila um i went to tagaytay yeah oh, and okay. i also where else did i go i didn't go to cebu this time or oh i went to barakai Baraka. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, and like, what's it called? The first time I was there, I was like six, and I remember like it used to be a lot less developed than mm-hmm. like it was. The beaches were so nice, and they're like, I mean, there were people, but it wasn't like a ton of people. And then right. I went this time, like there's like hotels, like a whole line of hotels, and there's just like people everywhere, and everyone's trying to sell you like you know a chip to the coral reef or whatever you know, and it's just very different. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to Baraka, I was about 14 mm-hmm. and I was it was the last leg of the trip and I was sick. Oh. So I had like hallucinations and everything. It was like really, really sick. Um, like really sick. I felt like my hands were like disintegrating. I, I Oh my god. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy the beach at all. Mm-hmm. And plus mm-hmm. it was like cloudy. It was rainy season, of yeah, course. Yeah. And so like I stayed in my bed and my mom was like, "Are you okay? Do you want me to get you something?" Oh. It's like, "No, mom." Um, I'm going to suffer in silence. <laughs> Leave me alone to my martyrdom. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, she didn't listen. So, like, she's like, you know what, Christian? You know, I think the best thing for you is like a massage. So she, th- but she never tells me tells me that. Oh, I see. So, like, there's this random woman who comes into my room. <laughs> Just like, oh, is, is this a hallucination? What's happening? It's probably a hallucination, <laughs> but it kind of feels good. <laughs> I'll just let it happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, but it was the, it was like this strong like old woman. Oh. She was like, 
You know those like people that carry you across, you know, to the boats or something oh, yeah, and yeah, carry yeah. your luggages. Mm-hmm. Those were like one of those like, like muscular, muscular yeah, like strong. old women that oh, were yeah. like sixty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like strong as an ox, like exactly. still. Yeah, yeah. And she puts oil on me and just like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> And you didn't know this was going to happen. You were just I like, didn't know it was going to happen. Oh I was like, I was like in a parent state. Oh my gosh. And then wow. my mom comes back. How was your massage? That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought it was having a vision or something. I thought it was like an epiphany. <laughs> an epiphany. Oh. But, you know, it was, it was slightly delightful. Thanks for asking, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, I guess. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I had, oh man, just the trip to Dulles Airport. Mm-hmm. Just flat out. It didn't stop. Like, I was like, oh, like oh, I was busy oh. and everything. Can I just have that massage again? <laughs> like, can she just come back and, like, come to me once again in a dream? In a dream. But that was my experience. But I didn't get as sick as I did. Um, coming back uh, this you know time mm-hmm. but uh, do, you, do you did you ever feel at all like just feel queasy a little bit had food poisoning I mean whatever? I feel like it's inevitable yeah, you know I it mean is. I love the Philippines but it happens it you does. know yeah yeah and like the people and like the only reason people like stay like move to medical school and stay there is because they pass that one month of just suffering <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a suffering of potential food poisoning and also mosquitoes like yeah. like for the, that whole month they just loved me and would not bite anyone else except for no. me and like my cousins would be like oh yeah it's because you're not from here they already they don't want us anymore they don't <laughs> want like, oh, okay. <laughs> i'm not well, loved by mosquitoes like you are, <laughs> like you are. oh gosh <laughs> oh god but like i feel like if you tolerate it enough like you'd find like a, like a tough skin mm-hmm. you know and like and i'm just saying that because like you're planning to go to medical school mm-hmm. and like you know I'm, okay you'll get sick but i'm pretty sure like if you just wing it out for like another yeah. like three yeah, months right. i mean you you drink only bottled water you boil all your water you make mm-hmm. sure you know where your food's coming from you should be fine you know yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so and so you probably go like every two years about like we've been going more frequently lately oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah because of your um, grandparents yeah you know they're getting older like they can't come back come here as often you wow. know so How yeah old are your grandparents um they're like 82 85 ish yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and my grandmother's still like actually no my grandmother on that side is like 78 ish but she's like still working like she's like the wow. director of the pediatric department i think at a hospital in manila but yeah She's, like, still doing it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all my grandparents just, like, stopped working. And mm-hmm. just, like... But, um... I mean, I only have, like, one grandparent left. But, mm-hmm. like, um... You know, she's she's fine. Like, she definitely, you know, finds stuff to do and everything. And it's, it's great. Like, did you um, ever, like, just try and, like, find their story and just, like... You know, um, what happened in 1962, Grandma, <laughs> or something? Well, actually, um, on my mom's side, my mom's grandfather had written down, like, his, like, whole life story, like, wow. in Tagalog. And, like, and she, she's, like, says it's deep Tagalog because, like, you know, back then they spoke a different, exactly. like, more legitimate Tagalog, I, yeah. I guess. And she, like, her summer project was, like, translating it into English. Mm-hmm. And, like, she, just, she would just tell me stories from it, like, oh, your grand when your grandfather, your great-great, 
grandfather, yeah. Great grandfather, you know, one of like you know a number of greats. Grandfather was like, wooing your grandmother. He would write her poems and blah blah blah. blah. I'm like, Aww. oh wow, that's super cute. But yeah, yeah, that's amazing. <clears throat> um, I remember a story my mom told me about. Um, I think it was like my great, like great uncle or something. He mm-hmm. was like a like a like a mayor of a village around uh, yeah, Pampanga mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but it was and it was during World War Two, and uh, there was this guy who came into the village with like a diffused bomb, which he thought was a diffused bomb. Oh, <laughs> so he that's never a good thing. Which he thought was a diffused no. bomb. No, like that's not a good. And so when like he brought it in, it was like oh, look at this, and then like it just obliterated. Oh my god! Wait, what is this? Like, really? Yeah. Oh my god! Did did any was. Were yeah. people okay? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but, like, that just shows, like, you know, even if you are, you know, the, the leader of a pack, there's always that one guy. The one guy who brings <laughs> what he thought was a diffused bomb. <laughs> Japanese. Oh, my gosh. And then just goes in. And then like, uh, but my, yeah. my other family was safe, though. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know. Uh. <laughs> well, like, my grandmother has, like, really crazy stories from World War Two. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, she was the youngest of, like, I want to say, like, seven kids or something. She was, like, 12 years old around that time. And she was talking, she was talking about how, like, the Japanese came into her town and, like, basically, like, there was just, like, gunfights, like, every day. And, like, wow. there was one, there was one point where they heard the Japanese were coming and they were at their house, but they all wanted to go to the church where it was apparently going to be safe. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother's sister was getting married so that at the time that they were all like making food in the kitchen and stuff but they had to like go to the church so like everyone was going going to the church and my grandmother was with her maid like trying to like get all the rice into like a pot or something and so like they were the last to leave and she and the maid were going and um what's it called she had made it to the church but the maid got caught in like a crossfire and like she just okay this is kind of graphic but like she like she basically saw all of her maid's intestines like leave her body and i'm just like oh my god that's like just really graphic that's and and like she was 12 years old at the time you know what i mean like i can't imagine like going through something like that at 12 years old like at 12 years old my biggest concern was like oh am i cool like all the poems i'm writing in class good like you know i'm not like oh my god somebody just violently died in front of me you know like yeah that's ridiculous yeah yeah but um you know, like, I don't think, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, our grandparents, like, saw things, and some sometimes they want to keep it silent for the majority of their, you know, time, especially, yeah. and, and this goes for our parents, too, mm-hmm. like, they had, like, a hard time, you know, growing up, so there are some things that they don't seem to, like, tell you, mm-hmm. because you know they they go to the, you know went to america and they just live out a life so they don't yeah. want to dwell on that as much so like in a way you kind of feel sort of like distant from your parents sometimes well that's how i feel sometimes mm-hmm. because like i don't know my parents like full story mm-hmm. sometimes because it's just a lot of just some you know trying yeah. to get up to where they are now mm-hmm. and um you know like for me like i just feel guilty and yeah just, for like, like oh i'm sorry man. my life is so cushy and comfortable <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. i know i definitely i definitely feel that way with my dad because like mm-hmm. when my mom moved she had studied computer science in the philippines so like when she right. came here she kind of had a job my dad followed her but he didn't have the, he'd studied political science and want to be a lawyer but you can't really 
go from Philippine law to like you know U.S. law. So like mm-hmm. when he came to California, like he was doing like odd jobs and stuff for a long time. Like that's a period of his life that he really doesn't talk about with me. Mm-hmm. Like because at that time when he was he was like living in someone's garage apparently, and like he his knee got like infected somehow and like that I think that point of his life like really affected him because that was like his lowest of the low you know like he wasn't he wasn't at home he was away from all of his family he was living in someone's garage and then he like got this really debilitating at the time like sickness Mm -hmm. and like I feel like that has shaped him in a lot of ways and that's something like he really doesn't like share with me and can't connect with me on you know yeah Yeah. and uh, like more and more like I I definitely have some experiences with like my dad where he just he definitely didn't um have the means to get a job in his field Mm -hmm. immediately so he had to go do odd jobs and everything like he like he even (coughs) went uh he took he took care of elderly people Mm -hmm. in um you know uh the nursing home and they just he just like cleaned them and like everything and then you know he would um uh just like i don't know just do others see that's why i mean to say like i don't really know like what he did he just generalizes it yeah it's all about generalizing because they don't want to like dwell on exactly exactly but like um i guess that sort of uh translated like he moved to la then he went to dc and then he had me and Mm -hmm. then you know everything so your parents went to california first yeah okay mm-hmm. which makes sense because like california right. is like so full of you know? <laughs> but yeah right. yeah uh, w- was it like the la area or yeah like they moved to la and they what's it called kind of settled in granada hills i don't know if you know mm-hmm. but like that's where i grew up until i was eight okay. yeah and like they lived there with like basically their family and friends that, that you know from the philippines like in a little community here mm-hmm. i'm just gonna charge my laptop oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's like dying <laughs> but this is really good stuff like i'm just uh, transition transition technical difficulties i can but, provide outro music anyway sorry <laughs> <laughs> but um do you uh, so you, you you grew up in california when you were like up until you were eight and yeah. then you moved to connecticut mm-hmm. do you you said there was like a lot of diversity and everything, but mm. do you remember, <coughs> you know, specifically like any memories that are meaningful when you were in California? I mean, I had, I honestly had a really great childhood in California because, uh-huh. like, apparently I was a very lovable little kid, which makes sense cause, like, because, like, I'm look very at me lovable. Now. Yeah, look at me now. I'm just like great, but like I was like a really cute little kid, and like everybody liked me because, like, you know, I was like, yeah, really look ha- at me now. <laughs> you like happy kids like right. happy kids are great to be around so like all of my aunts and uncles were like very doting on me and i had a bunch of cousins who are my age so like you know i i had a crew that i rolled with had a was, crew. yeah that's always true. <laughs> yeah and um but like i was also like a really weirdly violent little <laughs> really because <laughs> like, like i don't know i used to like tease people and like tease people like i had this one cousin What's it called? He wasn't even really my cousin, but you know, like every yeah, everyone's your cousin. Your cousin yeah. Like he was like twelve years old, and I was like six. But like because he was twelve, he was obviously the enemy, you know. And like all my other little kid cousins, I was like, okay, you know, we have to, we have to beat up Luigi, okay? We have to show him that who's boss. <laughs> so like I would like rally the troops, be like, okay, so we're gonna wait until after dinner, because you know they, this would take place at parties, with Filipino parties. Like right. we're gonna wait till after dinner, till he's like full, and then we'll just like 
what's it called? Like, ambush. Ambush. <laughs> yeah, like guerrilla so, warfare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he'd be like chilling out with all the older like Filipino kids and I'd just be like, ah, and I'd like jump on him and like beat him up, which would just be like, you know, like, I'm six, I'm a six year old girl. I don't, I can't beat anybody up, but I tried really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he still respects me to this yeah. day. <laughs> and like, and he still tolerated me for some reason. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, he would still like give me ice cream and stuff like that. Probably because I was an adorable little kid. But right. yeah. But he didn't. He didn't have that shared, you know, like animosity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. no, for whatever reason, I just really hated him for, <laughs> for the crime of being a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> like, wow. <yeah. laughs> I don't know why. That's the thing because yeah. like with with the age differences like oh you're you're 12 or like what are you some like yeah. top shit now. Yeah, you but think you're cool. But like, you don't know like top shit, but like yeah. when when you hear top shit it's like that's what I realized when I was 6. Yeah. That was him. I couldn't <laughs> vocalize it. <laughs> but the feeling was the there. The feeling was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so you went to, did you go to public school or private school? I went to public school in California, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in middle school in Connecticut, you went to? Private school, yeah. Because, like, I think in the Philippines, it's a thing that, like, yeah. Catholic private schools are, like, the best schools. Right. So, like, when we went to Ca- Connecticut, my parents were like, oh, this is a Catholic private school. It must be a really good school. Mm-hmm. And, like, we went there partially because, like, um, my aunt, my other aunt had kids who were going to that school and she's like, oh yeah, it's a good school. Like, so we went to school together for like a year and then she pulled her kids out of it. It was just like, okay, I, I guess I'm stuck here now. <laughs> no. And like, and like my parents kind of wanted to pull me out too, but I was like, oh, but I'm just making friends. I never really made friends, but like, you know, <laughs> as like, I was like, well, if I stay here another year, maybe they'll like me more, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that, that was middle school. That yeah. worked out. Yeah. Everything works that out. Worked out because yeah, yeah. eventually went to a boarding school and you know yeah, high school. So yeah, everyone like, like I said, I peaked in middle school, so I was able to go to good high school. So yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I peaked in middle school. <laughs> I should get that on a sticker. I got a t-shirt. Or a t-shirt like yeah. a crew neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but oh man. So um with the private school being you know, co-ed and everything. Mm-hmm. Did, was it weird when it was just, like, all girls? I never really got that. I mean, when I applied, like, when I told people, I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, all girls high school, blah, blah, blah. They are like, oh, are you a lesbian? Do you want to be a lesbian? Is that why? I'm like, <laughs> Did no. they really say that? Yeah, actually. Oh, even, no. like, when I saw my friends from middle school, like, freshman year, sophomore year, they're like, oh, are you a lesbian yet? I'm just like, yes, I am. <laughs> like, this is my girlfriend. Love <laughs> wins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love wins. <laughs> I was like, I mean, at the, I guess it's because, you know, they're teenagers or middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, the jokes, the kind of jokes they're going to make. But at the same time, I was like, oh, okay. But, like, I really liked going to an all-girls school because, like, I don't know. Especially in high school, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on with you, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. being around all-girls, I think, makes it a much more, not accepting environment, but just, like, it gives you more freedom, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I always imagine it being like Orange is the New Black or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly like, <laughs> like that. It's exactly like that. Oh my gosh. But no, like, um, kind of going off of Orange is the New Black, I feel like, especially when I was in freshman year, mm-hmm. like, it was kind of the first time I'd ever met, like, gay people. Because, like, when you're, when you're in middle school, nobody really knows their sexual identity. And also, like... If even if you do like come out or if you seem gay, yeah, yeah. people like make fun of you. But like in high school, it's a little bit more acceptable or Mm -hmm. accepted. 
and like I definitely felt like there was like an underground gay community and then there was like the mainstream community <laughs> like honestly like there were friends I had really close friends that I met up with like recently like last year and I was talking to them like oh yeah high school great times and they're like oh yeah I remember hooking up with so and so and blah 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 I'm just like whoa I, <laughs> I thought I was really good friends with you but I didn't even know you know so like, yeah so that's why you were like that at the party <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you guys stopped talking to each other it enough. kind of makes sense so now yeah. I think about it yeah, yeah. but that's, that's amazing yeah you know like there's communities within communities mm-hmm. I guess no matter how small you know? and did you have um, promenades I like I like saying promenades Instead now than prom. prom because yeah. like I just realized yesterday mm-hmm. that promenades was proms like I thought yeah. it was called proms mm-hmm. but it's actually originally prom- promenades yeah. so during your promenades <laughs> <laughs> did you have like um, other like all boys uh, high schools yeah so like I went to Miss Porter's and then the all boys high school that was like our brother school kind of not really was like Avon Old Farms Mm -hmm. and like so all the cool girls had dates from Avon Old Farms you were so cool if you had a a boyfriend or a date from Avon Old Farms Mm -hmm. I was not cool I I did not know any of those boys (laughs) exactly so I was already on my downward descent in high school so yeah so I was not cool but I prom was like prom was fun because like I got to dress up and just like have fun with my friends like there I definitely knew people who were like oh I like they'd never said this but like the underground feeling was like oh I want to be cool so I have to bring a boy <laughs> like, it got to the point where like my school was like you cannot just invite the dude from CVS the cashier <laughs> dude from CVS to prom okay you have to actually know <laughs> the person you're inviting like I got that cray I mean like I don't think it was serious but people would be like oh do you want to go to prom with me like I've spoken to you once like what? oh my god. It it's really funny like like, the downside of going to an all-girls school is that, like, if a dude steps on campus, literally everyone knows in five minutes. Like, they'll be like, oh, did you see blah, blah, blah? Did you see, like, Emily with that du- boy? Who is that boy? Is that her brother? Like, it's just wow. like, yeah, oh, actually, it's yeah. just, um, wow, like, that just puts things into perspective. Like, yeah. Yeah, you guys are, like, all fun, loving community. And then mm-hmm. when a boy shows up, <laughs> yeah. everyone's it just, like, the it's like Hunger Games, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, but kind of. Like, I don't. I, I want to say it's an exaggeration, but it's only, like, a little bit of a an exaggeration. Bit, yeah. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, we had one, like, male faculty member who was, like, kind of around our, our age. He, like, just graduated. Mm-hmm. And literally, the thirst was so real for that guy. Oh, like, no. he went, like, looking back, he wasn't even that good looking. The only thing he had going for him was that he was, like, 21. So, like... <laughs> It's like food. If you're hungry, if, you, if you're hungry for a while, any food tastes better. I, I didn't say that. I did not compare boys to food. That was not me. Or well, hunks of meat. We're all hunks of meat in the yeah, end. Basically, yeah, basically. Biologically, yes. yeah. Yeah. That's what any living being is, a hunk of meat. A hunk of or, meat. Or a plant. Or a plant. <laughs> That's the that's the official classification: hunk of meat or plant. Plant yes. people. Plant people. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, so when you when you came to George Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you studied bi- biology, right? Um, actually, biological anthropology. Okay. Yeah. So fancy. Like, no. It's fancy <laughs> no. biology. No, I feel bad because like I hate saying the whole thing because it sounds like I'm talking to be like, oh yeah, hmm, so cool. But like if I say bioanth, people are just like bio and i'm like no bio and they're just like 
bio. <laughs> yes, okay. So, like, I have to say biological anthropology mm-hmm. if I, like, plan on speaking to that person afterwards. So, All right. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, like, um, I actually came to GW because I wanted that major. Because, um, have you ever watched Bones? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I watched Bones, and I was like, oh, that seems cool. And, like, I, I wanted to go to med school, and I liked mm-hmm. anthropology, so I was like, oh, biological anthropology. I like looking at skeletons Our and biology stuff. teacher made us watch it. Oh, really? Yeah. Every mm-hmm. single time we had, like, after a test, hey, watch Let's season, watch season three of Bones. Oddly scientific. <laughs> you know, they say scapula. It's, it's legit. Like, yeah. He's like, no. He's like, it's not scientific, but I love the act. <laughs> but it's so funny because, like, especially later seasons, like, it gets even, it kind of gets more like a soap opera because, you mm-hmm. know, like, you can't have a TV show go that long without the quality going down. Right. But, like, it's so funny because they'll be around a dead body and they'll be like, did you hear what Booth said yesterday? <laughs> it's just like, ridiculous yeah, it's like there's a decomposing <laughs> body link right there it's like i watch it for like for the hilarity of that oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah of course and so did you did you find that the bi- biological anthropology program at gw uh was sort of what you expected or yeah definitely like honestly our especially a biological anthropology department is like really strong because we mm-hmm. have a lot of um researchers and scientists who are like very much innovators in their field and stuff and we have a relationship with the collections at the smithsonian so like one of the classes i took was forensic anthropology and my professor like was actually has been contract contracted by the fbi to like investigate cases and stuff like that like he was like a real life bones you know so like that was an incredibly cool class because we had to we got to see his collections from like past cases he'd done and be like oh how did this person die well mm-hmm. there's a gunshot wound in his skull i have one guess but like you know it was a really cool class yeah wow that's or like he could just die from a cardiac arrest i mean yeah. like it yeah. could be like anything mm-hmm. like how would you like um I don't know, this is off a tangent, but, like, how would you, like, classify, like, a <coughs> cardiac arrest? Is there some, like, bone, like... I mean, you wouldn't really be able to see it mm-hmm. in the bone because, like, you know, it's soft tissue, like, right. during and stuff like that. So in that case, like, a forensic anthropologist really wouldn't be able to help you. They'll just mm-hmm. be like, oh, just well, like, everything oh, looks fine. Uh, <laughs> like, he, he just died of being looking good. Yeah, <laughs> like, too good looking. Too yeah. good looking. Yeah. That's why he just collapsed mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. but... Wow, that's a really weird place to, like, <laughs> yeah. and he died. <laughs> and he died. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, forensic anthropology is kind of a niche thing, because, like, obviously the best source of evidence is, like, a dead body, a recently dead body. Because, mm-hmm. like, a, what's it called? Not a mortician. A pathologist would be able to, like, be able to tell how they died and things like that from doing an right. autopsy. But, like, forensic anthropology is if you, like, find a skeleton somewhere, like, oh, hey, how did this get here? You know, like, I suspect something bad happened, you know? So, yeah. Would you go into, like, forensics? Um, I thought about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought I wanted to go into it for a long time. But, like, what's it called? It's, like I said, it's a niche thing. And, like, if you wanted to be a forensic anthropologist, you'd have to have your own research going on. You can't just, like, your job can't be looking up cases or solving crimes or whatever. Yeah. It's not like bones, like, unfortunately. Like, <laughs> like, you have to have your own research going on. And, like, I didn't want to go into research, you know, so, yeah. Right, right, because you don't want to stay in the lab. And yeah, I mean, I I just can't be a lab person. Like, I respect people who can, mm-hmm. but, like, I could not spend, like, hours every day, like, filling Petri dishes or something like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm all for advancing scientific knowledge and stuff, but right. yeah, I can't do the groundwork. I'm just, yeah, I have like, too short of attention span. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just, 
it's and going back to my knowledge of what like AP chemistry was. <laughs> <or something. laughs> it just it was just you were there and like you couldn't leave until it was done. Yeah, and like everything has to be very exact. I mean, because like if it's not exact, you know, your data is like flawed and like everything goes wrong and everything catches on fire. Like not really, but you know, <laughs> like it's just really bad if you don't follow the procedure. Completely. Right. And like to do that, you really have to pay very close attention to like you know the meniscus and like stuff like that and like i don't have that attention span i really can't do that yeah like i mean like i wouldn't i wouldn't say like i wouldn't have the attention span if i like really tried like i i think i could but like i'm not wired Mm -hmm. you know some people are wired to do that and that's their lives Mm -hmm. where it's like okay i'm gonna stare at this for like an hour because it's fun (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not wired to do that yeah so um, that's why I'm an electrical engineer. <laughs> because, like... Maybe literal wiring. Yeah, literal yeah. wiring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, if you mess up, you blow up. So, <laughs> so you know for sure. So you know show up. Yeah. If, the, if you are, you know, overpowering this, like, resistor. Because it will blow up in your face mm. and it will shock you. <laughs> so, and that's the it's best part. That's the best part. Yeah. The shocks. Because, like, it teaches you, you know... You know, I should probably do better because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to experience pain, (laughs) so I'm going to do better. (laughs) That's a masochistic way to leave. I know, but like, hey, that's how I learned. Man, I I feel like it's going back to like the Milgram experiments, if you Mm. took like um, psychology, where like there's this (laughs) film where it's just like, uh, it was like an experiment to see why, um, like the Germans, you know, stood there while the Nazis. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. So what they did was like they would have a guy, you know, apply voltage to the other guy if he got a question wrong. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, he didn't. There was no guy getting shocked. Mm-hmm. It was all a trick. Yeah, yeah. But like he kept like doing it until like he, essentially theoretically, that killed yeah, the yeah. guy and like it caused like emotional pain. But that's like how i see it where it's like you know if you get shocked it hurts like anything Mm -hmm. painful memories are there because you learn from them yeah so i don't i don't know where i was (laughs) going that was a digression yes (laughs) my the goal of these podcasts is to create a tangent that makes it so awkward to like end (laughs) that's when you know you're done like oh i can't possibly recover we're good now okay (laughs) So, Bettina, thank you so much. How do you say your name? My last name? Your your full name. Oh, Bettina Tomasis. Tomasis. Yeah, Tomasis. Tomasis. Like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> meh, um, you picked in high school. <laughs> yeah, middle school. Actually, middle school, yeah. Middle school. Okay. Well, you went to CBS and you got a date there. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to say that I was not one of the people that did that. No offense to the people that did. They're all great. They're all doing They're all good great. things. Yeah. And the staff at CBS. I'm <laughs> all green. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. All right, that was uh, that was a really interesting conversation, if you don't mind me saying. But um, you know, we're just gonna keep living life. I think that's I think that's what we're gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. So I hope you had a good time listening to that. I I certainly did. Well, I mean, I was in the conversation, but I certainly had a great time conversing. 
So I'll see you next time on the Life of You and Me podcast. All right. Take care, guys. Bye.